Hey, this is Tyler G of Batman Figs on Instagram. Also co-host of DC Figures and Collectibles podcast. And a lot of times people ask me, where do I get my figures or what method do I prefer to go about getting my action figures? And I tell them the best, easiest way that I know of is going through BigBadToyStore.com. They usually have all the newest things in stock. They have things that you can pre-order ahead of time so you don't miss out on the opportunity of having them. They also have figures from years ago that usually tend to be at a good price and figures that are hard to find that you may need for your collection. So if you need to get a figure of any kind, any brand, then I would check BigBadToyStore.com. BigBadToyStore.com. Go check them out today. Hello and welcome to another episode of DC Figures and Collectibles. I am Tyler G of Batman Figs on Instagram, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host coming all the way from Stoke-on-Trent, England. You can find him on Instagram at, at v.batfan. His name is Scott. Scott, how you doing? Hello, Tyler. Hello. Hello to everybody listening, and you're doing good. And um, I'm well, thanks. How are you, Tyler? You got, you're good? I am doing well. I am. Uh, I'm feeling the drought of no new figures as of yet. <laughs> I'm doing well. I'm, I'm keeping busy shooting new stuff, or not new stuff, but old stuff. <laughs> uh, How are you really... doing in, in action figure wise? Um, not too bad. It's been a quiet week. Uh, the only thing I've got new is the um, amazing. Jack Nicholson Jokerhead. Um, yes. I got I got to say an absolutely enormous thank you to um, good friend Vincent who is at VinFaith underscore Custom on Instagram. You can check him out. His page is amazing. He does his own pictures and he also customizes numerous figures. And uh, I noticed that he painted a Jokerhead before, so Jokerhead I picked up on eBay. I posted over to him and he very kindly put his. Uh, amazing um, paint job over the top of that head, which is just fantastic and enjoyed taking pictures of it. But other than that, that was it for me this week for new stuff. Have you got any new figures? No, but we have we can't just just be all uh all uh, cavalier about just glossing over the shot that you posted and about <laughs> the figure the figure itself is first of all, I feel like every true Batman fan would love if there was a mass-produced uh, Jack Nicholson Joker figure. So the fact that you have one is pretty sick, and it's a it's a great looking, uh, very high class figure because it's on a Mezco body with the cloth soft goods, uh, <laughs> and it's the Joker body. So it's not like it's any random weird body. So it fits and looks great, and the paint job you did a really good job. Like, what do you think? You have it in person, so. What would you say I mean, overall, like how the sculpt and everything looks as well? Yeah, it's amazing the job that he did on that figure. And the details on it is, is what's incredible to me. So I, I don't get how people do it. The detail of um, sort of the eyes and, and the mouth and 
um, the sort of lines around his hair. It's absolutely incredible. It really is and fantastic job. And it, it just looks so amazingly like Jack Nicholson. It's just staggering to me. And yeah, I don't know how these painters do it because it's a truly amazing job. I really hope that you do a lot more photos with this figure. <laughs> uh, yes, definitely will be a couple more. I've taken another one, which is going to upload at some point this weekend. And then, uh, yeah, there'll definitely be some more to come. I even love the little, it looks so much more real just because of the detail even of like the chair he's sitting in. That looks like a real chair. <laughs> yeah, I, I was um, from a Mattel wrestling accessories really thing yeah so and that was that was a pretty cool find i, I got it on i got online a couple of years ago now um but yeah really good uh really good chair that and the, the table in front of it is the arkham origins um like tv screen chair that was made by triforce and of course the mezco chattering teeth accessory <laughs> yeah i had to put that in there then nick nick nick's the figure arts um Injustice Joker gun because it's got the long gun barrel just like the uh, 89 movie. Yeah, extremely long. Fits in perfectly though for that Joker. It does, yeah. I mean, as soon as um, as soon as I was getting the, the Joker sorted, I was like, right, he needs to have a long gun. I was like, hang on a minute. I've got an SH figure out one here that will do just nicely for that. Had to get that in there. And um, yeah, the, the whole Joker body fits perfectly for him as well. It's not like he looks out of place with it or doesn't fit quite right. It, it's just absolutely perfect. And uh, well, also, very temp- that Burton Joker, he wears a bunch of different purple suits. He doesn't wear just one. Yes, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And I'm really tempted to pick up the um, Clown Prince of Crime Mezco Joker now to use the head on a really tight uh, That would be cool. Yeah, I'm so tempted. If only you could get the deluxe. <laughs> Yeah, that deluxe Joker would be outstandingly cool. I saw that on eBay for about three hundred pounds, which is just way out of my budget, unfortunately. But it it does look freaking awesome. If I ever get a spare three hundred, I might have to get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's, no, I don't see that coming anytime soon. <laughs> but you also had a fantastic, uh, I would say, conclusion to a two-part series. Of weekend themes with the DC universe. Yes. You did a series of five pictures, or actually ten if you include the first part. Mm. Yeah. And I, I absolutely love it. There's one that you did that uh, it's the picture of Bruce walking away from the ruins, and we talked about it in a previous podcast that that's yes. a cast, an actual castle in the background. Yes, and so it actually fits perfect with that shot. It looks great, and you even asked the uh, groundskeepers to cut the grass at the right level, so that's even more <laughs> impressive. Uh, yeah, it was massively well, not only inspired by what you said, but also massively inspired by the scene in Batman v Superman when he's walking, um, he's walking along the grass with Wayne Manor in the background. That scene was just amazing to me. The, the visuals that Schneider does in this movie is just absolutely outstanding, and that's one of them. Um, yeah, it looks just like the scene. Looks like the groundskeepers knew what level of grass you needed. <laughs> yeah, it it was. Um, I took that at, like sunset time, so we had a nice like orange tinge on the, on, like the the manor, if you like, in the background. And uh, I took a couple of pictures that day, and I got one more to upload um, of a different figure of the nightmare figure. But 
I think it's perfect. Yeah. It's lovely. Yeah, I mean, to go up there, I mean, I've, I've said to you before, if you ever come over to England, then we've got to go there. You'd love it. You'd absolutely love it there. It's just such a staggeringly beautiful place among such a, a shithole of a country at the minute, England. So, <laughs> um, it's a it's a beautiful place. It really is. It's just so photogenic and figures fit perfectly with it, and it, it's ju- it's just fantastic. You could take all kinds of. I've taken um, this Bruce Wayne there. I've taken um, the Mayfex Bruce Wayne, sorry the Mayfex Dark Knight um, figure. I've taken the Nightmare figure there. Taken the Survival Suit DC Collectibles figure. Uh, the Justice League figures I've taken there before the animated ones, just so cool. And there's so many different ways you can capture that castle. And um, yeah, we're, we're definitely heading straight to there. Well, especially with just the way you said that you got the lighting on the right time of day, it makes it look like a whole different place from the, the just the previous picture you've taken of it with that orange glow. Yeah, yeah. It looks nice. It's, it's such a staggering location, it really is. And to the right-hand side of the pictures you're looking at, there's like a whole rock area as well. So, um, so cool, yeah. It's just a shame you can't get inside the castle. If you could get in, inside there, it'd be an amazing sort of, I don't know, Dark Knight first cave discovery picture. That would be really cool you could do with it. But, um, yeah, it's a lovely location, really. It's one of my favourite places to go and take pictures. And work with if only you could sneak that. in. I know, I'd, I'd have to take some lock, <laughs> well, we'll have to go there with some lock cutters one day. Lock <laughs> Yeah, I'll have to do that. Sounds good. The, and talking of great pictures, there's one that looks almost straight up uh, cinematic, almost like it's live action. And it's when you have the complete Justice League team sitting, mm-hmm. uh, standing on looks like a mossy area, and that even adds to the picture. It looks almost just like uh, the ending of Justice League, especially with the plant life. <laughs> yeah, that, um, so talking about favourite places to photograph, this is my favourite place to photograph, which is a place called Nipersley Reservoir. It's beautiful. It really is. And um, there's so many, but uh, the, the place is huge. Obviously, you've got a massive lake there. There's a, a waterfall that you can walk up to. And this bit is literally taken on the footpath. There was a, um, a wooden beam running along the side. I was like, that is the perfect Justice League movie ending picture um, sort of location that I can use because it just looks overgrown, which is obviously what happens at the end of the film. Love it or hate it, that's what happens. Um, <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, I mean, I wanted to do a league shot, but I didn't want to do another boring shot in front of a computer screen, so I wanted to take them all out and go somewhere um, and do a picture of them, but change things up a little bit. I changed the order they're standing in. I like uh, that better. Yeah, I put Wonder Woman's coat on as well, and Batman's goggles are on and stuff like that. Just little different details. Decided to change it because I've already done a picture of them all standing up like that outdoors before, so I wanted to just do it a little bit different. The um, trees are even framing it nicely. <laughs> yeah, the trees in the background were a definite, deliberate thing. I wanted to get a gap in the in the middle as well, it's like a slight sunbeam gap. It didn't quite come off as I'd hoped, but something like that was um, what I wanted to do. I think it, it turned out great. Like I said, it looks like almost like another uh, a shot that Snyder posted that didn't make the film. <laughs> oh, that's super kind, man. Thank you. Um, yeah, I just hope we get to see his original vision one day, but we've been over that many times. Yeah. Well, then you did also, I say, uh, a Batman collection flex shot where it shows every version of, <laughs> of the Batman, like the that. Ben Affleck. 
and it's it's a brilliant <laughs> shot. I absolutely love it. And it shows Thank like you. you have it shows different uh, versions. It shows three Mezco, but it also shows two Mayfex, I believe. Yeah, two Mayfex. So you've got the armored and the yeah, Bruce Wayne. And they fit in quite nice with the Mezco. It doesn't look like uh, any drop off in quality or anything. No, definitely not. I love that armored. I'd love to get the Mezco armored Batman one day, but I think that's just going to be impossible. And that's like a Mayfex. Yeah, <laughs> it, honestly, it is. It's like more than hot toy figures that one. And uh, yeah, I, to be honest though, I think perhaps the Mayfex one's slightly better. The cape's probably going to be better on that one because the cape on the Mezco is too big. Um, and also, you can have the ability to switch heads out, which is great because I love that battle damaged head and. Um, it's up there with the one that you got with the Beast Kingdom as well. That's a fantastic one, and um, yeah, really oh, cool yeah. figure. Definitely have both. <laughs> yeah, I but do love I, that Beast Kingdom one. It looks so cool. I don't have the I don't have the Mezco version, and those those three look absolutely magnificent yeah. as yeah. far as Batman figures are concerned. And then yeah, I, I think that. Uh, I think that you hinted at, well, I know you hinted at it, but we had no idea what you're talking about because you said you're looking forward to getting the Batman figure that is uh, Dick Grayson as Batman. And you <laughs> said you wanted the head sculpt very badly for a particular shot because you don't think anyone thought of it yet. And I think that you are 100% correct. And <laughs> the idea is brilliant. And uh, it just... Uh, it even changed the whole way I look at the Dick Grayson head now because now I think they purposely made it look like the actor. And it's a picture yeah. that you had from one of the first episodes of Titans where Raven is talking with Dick Grayson about her dream that she saw of the flying Graysons. So how long have you had this and how long have you been waiting to post this? A long time. I don't know why. <laughs> and I've always wanted to do a picture though. As soon as that Dick Grayson Batman came out and I saw it as the alternate head, I got excited. So um, I wanted to do that for a long time. I've been searching for the Dick Grayson Batman for a long time as well because um, I love that alternate head that he comes with. So yeah, I wanted to do that for a while. And I also picked out the Gordon um, Diamond Selects Gotham body as well. I picked that out a while ago. And I just like, just, yeah, just playing the waiting game until. Um, get it. I have done another <laughs> picture of it, but um, I don't think a lot of people got what it was. But it's still good fun to do. I really. Oh, it I took, that shot took ages. I think that shot took over an hour to do, just because I couldn't get the right backdrop, then I couldn't get the angle right. Um, tried so many different ways, and just that one. In the end, I was just like, I can't be bothered anymore. That'll do. <laughs> no, I definitely understand that because you want to capture the right. Uh atmosphere the right color and everything and probably took a while just to find that background alone and then yeah, uh, trying to make sure that it's like good quality and all that so yeah it was it was tricky for sure and then deciding the accessories to put on the table as well oh it's a pain but it's simple but perfect because that's what feel like what you get you might get a drink and a piece of paper and that's it they want you to stay focused on answering <laughs> No, I think uh, uh, you've yeah. you've had a very fun week, and I even love the fact that you yeah, busted out the the Black Manta figure and had a cool water action shot. Well, we we mentioned that last week, and that was the picture that um, that you inspired. To be honest, like the sort of angle that you love to take pictures at, where it shows the whole scene off, not just the figure. Because um, I have a habit of taking a lot of low angled shots, so I wanted to 
put the angle up a little bit higher to show off the scene that he's in. Um, and that shot I deleted a while ago and I wasn't going to use and decided just, oh, I'd just kind of throw it in because it, it's just something different to what I usually do, whether it's good or bad. It's just something different. It's, I love it, especially even love the orange color. Did you put a light in there or is that just the natural color? In the- uh, no, that's the natural color of the, the pipes. So that's like a... If I can explain, I've done pictures in front of the Aquaman, uh, sorry, the waterfall with the Aquaman before, and there's a little bridge that goes to the side of it, and then a little sort of uh, pipe, and the water gushes out of there. And I put Black Manta on there, he got soaked in water, it was like, all right. <laughs> so, yeah, that was good fun. That's another place we're definitely going to one, one day. It's so awesome, honestly, it's a beautiful place. Yeah, I, I think that uh, you couldn't have picked a better figure to go with the color of that pipe. <laughs> yeah, it just brings out the... The, the laser eyes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that kind of thing, exactly, yeah. Um, but that Black Manta figure is just amazing. He's one of the best figures yeah, ever. Yeah, I saw I'm someone not... comment that. Yeah, he They're is still just incredible. Yeah. I, I think it's hard to argue that it's... The, I mean, the Batwoman is amazing, the Red Robin's amazing... But I think still the Black Manta is just something else. I mean, I'm not even going to bother getting the Mafex one because this one is just too damn good. I was just about to say, I saw the Mafex one, saw people posting it, and I was just like, yeah, I got the Mattel one. That looks just as good. Exactly. I mean, it looks freaking amazing. Don't get me wrong. The Mafex one is just unbelievable. But this one, I can't see how the Mafex one would be. I, I can see how it would be better, but worth the, the money. Not not quite convinced of that. I feel like the only thing they really got different because they didn't show like an alternate head sculpt of the actor. I mean, that would be cool, but oh, that'd be amazing! Yeah, good show. They only they only showed off like they got the little flame effects that you could put in his rocket boosters or his feet boosters. It's okay, I could put that on with Photoshop or anything else. Yes, yes. I don't know if it's worth a hundred dollars to get that first Mattel. (laughs) Yeah, I think I think had the Mattel figure not existed, it'd be a must buy. But the fact that it does. I don't think it, it kind of matters, does and it? Either one you're going to get, you're going to get an amazing Black Manta figure. Yeah, and that's a shout-out to Mattel for actually doing a really good figure that could compete. Oh, yeah. God, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, for once. <laughs> I think I paid, I think I paid like £30 for that. I'd have to pay like £90 for the uh, sort of Mafex one, so I can't see that being worth it. No, no, that would not be fun. Are there, <laughs> are there any figures that uh, you have on order that you're eyeing that are coming up that you're looking forward to getting? Not really, if I'm totally honest, no. I mean... Other than um, the Turtles? The, no, the, the Turtles are the only thing I'm kind of waiting for, um, to be honest, and, and just waiting for that Freeze, Ivy, Bane and Croc animated line to come out relatively soon. I think it's out maybe a month or so, two months, uh, something yeah. like that. So that, that should be good, but other than that, there's not a lot really that looking forward to oh actually the the red hood the essentials red hood he's coming out in about a week oh yeah when are you getting here oh okay a week or two i think 7th of october so that is uh, just in time for when the turtles are coming out (laughs) yeah that's almost 10 days on the nose so i'm looking forward to that definitely going to be uh getting that figure straight away um, i really look forward to that batwoman and the alfred yes i'm looking forward to every one of them to be honest besides the yes (laughs) <laughs> yeah, Alfred's going to be so cool. But um, so, are you waiting on any new plastic then? 
I mean, I'm really just waiting on those turtles, to be honest. I'm looking forward to uh, getting that version of Batgirl and that version of Alfred just because I continue to grow every day more in love with the with the <laughs> uh, Batman and the Robin figure. I know that you got them recently. And just how yeah. hard is it not to photograph them? Uh, it, it is difficult. It is difficult. I always, I always <laughs> try and stagger my posts out a little bit, but I've done... Um, I've done quite a few of these lately, and yeah, because just, just looking just at them good. on your shelf, they look okay, man. That's they look beautiful there, and it's not even with like a pose. You're just like, okay, this yeah. looks beautiful sitting there. Yeah, they're just not even doing anything, but they just look just amazing, don't yeah. they? Yeah, like, <laughs> capture everything so nicely. And uh, I've even moved all uh, the BTS figures aside and put them straight in the middle now of the shelf. <laughs> They, they look so cool, don't they? I think they're one of the most photogenic Batman and Robin figures that you're ever likely to get. I think probably on par with the original animated series for how, how much fun they are to picture. Oh, yeah. And uh, I hope that the... I'm, I'm sure it will be, because the other ones will be just as photogenic. So that's why I'm itching just to get those. But I still have been going to the store uh, occasionally. Yeah. Hunting, hoping to see anything new, uh, maybe like a secret wave there. They release the Black Canary, but I don't think we'll Nothing's, see that. <laughs> nothing doing so far. No, I'm seeing a lot of uh, a target, really old multiverse figures. So yeah, if you're wanting to get those at a good price and not scalp, you could hit up Target. Other than that, I'm seeing a lot of old, old stuff. Ah, no Alfreds though. Everyone's still getting out. <laughs> I did see uh, that it's, uh, are tired of hunting. That Big Bad Toy Store finally got the complete 80th anniversary wave. So if you uh, okay. don't want to hunt for Alfred and you just want to order the figures at the correct price, you could go to Big Bad Toy Store and just knock out that wave. Yeah, still no, uh, still no sign of that Riddler. No sign of that Riddler. It disappeared. Hmm. Even yeah, though it looked like the perfect comic Riddler. Yeah, he is the greatest Riddler of all, you could say. <laughs> that is. Well, someday we'll fight, figure it out, but maybe not now. <laughs> maybe it, Jason's allowed to talk in three years. Well, we're talking to Jason, and I wanted to mention a couple of multiverse shots that you've done this week. So you did one of the uh, amazing Dick Grayson picture that you did. Uh, yesterday, which fantastic picture we mentioned about the Dick Grayson head earlier. That's such a cool picture, and the Robin and Nightwing in the background as well looks fantastic. But the the main one that I really wanted to talk about is the penguin picture that you did. Ah, yeah, the signature one. Yeah, because it, it's rare we get to see that figure. I underappreciate it, and everybody else does. But you <laughs> came up with a brilliant shot of it. Well, because I felt the same as you. I felt like uh, a figure started off hot when everyone got it for a few days, and then all of a sudden everyone stopped taking photos of it like it was a bad figure. Like, okay. But it's such an underrated figure, and the fact that it's cloth and it's going to be able to fit in with uh, if you have the NECA 89 Batman or if we ever get the Mezco one. The yeah. fact that you took the time to make it look that nice and looks just like Danny DeVito. 
I, had, I was feeling like what you said. Like, I was like, oh, man, I don't take enough pictures of this. It's brilliant. And I even <laughs> had been putting off doing it for a few days. I was like, oh, I could take another picture of the Batman and Turtles because they look great. But I was like, okay, I got to force myself to do one. And so I, I saw this and I was like, okay, I got to do this. Yeah. I still have the penguins from back in the day. So got the rubber ducky. It's like, I'm going to make it happen. Yeah. So I'm glad you like it. Yeah, I know it's an amazing shot, man. It really is, and uh, yeah, massively enjoy the umbrella you've got as well. Where did you get that from? Oh, that is <laughs> that's just the umbrella that he came with. He's holding that, but what I did was I put a PNG of uh, that umbrella over the top of it. So, oh no way! That's actually Photoshop. Yes, it looks brilliant. You wouldn't tell. That's fantastic. I'm glad. I thought everyone was gonna be able to tell. <laughs> oh, absolutely brilliant! Yeah, thank you. I'm glad. That you like, I'm glad that that penguin got some love. Hopefully, it inspires more shots because I love seeing it. Yeah, especially I when bigger fan Nate does one. Especially when you did one. Yes. Yeah. yeah, Nate does some cracking pictures of that figure. I've got to say, he does. So I'm hoping we see more. Yeah, same man. Really, because uh, it's a fantastic, fantastic sculpt and. How often would we ever get to see a figure of Danny DeVito penguin? It's just amazing to me. Yeah, I mean, we don't, we never have even gotten an 89 Joker, so the fact we got at least one of them from the Burton era, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, oh, mate, it's just crazy, isn't it? I don't, I don't, I didn't ever think we'd get figures of these, never mind, uh, never mind a DeVito penguin. It's just amazing. Even when they did a Batman Forever figure, the, it doesn't look too much like Val Kilmer. And we saw yeah, that it's true. 89 version, and that's just like an homage to an older sculpt, which is not the best. So It's so true, that is, you know, actually. It's a really good point, yeah. Cause it, and some of the paint job is a bit too shiny on it. It looks yeah. a bit cheap. But the, uh, the figures they're producing lately, or the, the last sort of wave, has been much, much better. It really has. Um that Thank goodness they finished fantastic. strong. Yeah, I still haven't done any pictures um, of the Red Robin and Batwoman. Uh, Batwoman, although Batwoman is actually in the picture I've just taken. Funny <laughs> so we'll upload that later, maybe. But we'll see. I hope so, because I mean, also talking about photogenic figures, it's hard to take a bad picture. The Red Robin figure—it's almost impossible to take a bad picture. It's so cool looking. Yeah, he looks—he looks so sick. You did a picture, and that got a huge reaction. Um, and it's just a portrait. Did. It's a beautiful photo, man. It really is. Absolutely beautiful. The pose that you've got on him, he just looks just looks angry. I mean, the, the Robin suit that he wears reminds me of the Titans one with the short cape and um, looks really cool. Yeah, if I, that's natural lighting, and I caught it at a time where I was like, okay, that almost looks real. So I just put in a background look real quick, put in a blue yeah. light. I was like, okay, I want to get mostly natural lighting and it's hard to beat natural lighting it always just looks good yeah yeah it, honestly that's so true it's actually so true um talking of natural light i wanted to mention about the the flash picture that you did um okay with the with the um kid flash and tv flash that was really cool but are they standing up on their own yes thank goodness that's mad mm -hmm. Yeah, the, the Kid Flash one wasn't too hard to do, but the Soap Studios, man, that took forever. 
<laughs> and even then, uh, if you look at it, the belt is riding kind of high, and I just could not be bothered to try to fix it because, like, I finally got them put. I'm just nah, I, any collector would sympathize with that. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the good thing, too, about having that kid Flash is he's actually on the show with Barry Allen. So it's like, oh, okay, or this version of Flash is like, okay, so that could be nice. <laughs> yeah, definitely does. Uh, and I really do love the figure. And if you're a football fan here in America, American football, um, it just reminds me of USC football colors. So I really like that. Mm, <laughs> definitely <laughs> does. Gold and cardinal, partial. Um, yeah, definitely. I, I love the pit, the sort of surroundings and setting you put um, on that picture as well. So many nice light beams coming through. It's I'm trying beautiful. to keep up with your beautiful outside photography. <laughs> it's going to be hard to do outdoor photography all year here. Like it's raining now, and I wanted to go out and do pictures, but never mind. Oh, that's a perfect but, time um, for a croc pick, a Harvey De- Bullock. Yeah, true, true. You're brave enough to get sopping wet and <laughs> feel miserable. We need to do that one. <laughs> but um, while we're talking to BTS, you've been doing some really fantastic um, episodic pictures. I love that you've been splitting the two parts as well. I've, I've really enjoyed that, especially the two-faced one where you've got the like, extreme close-ups of Harvey Dent. That was just amazing. But I've got to say, my favourite picture you've actually done this week is the It's Never Too Late one. Never too late. So you got the the Batman. Ah, that okay. Fantastic picture. Love that Batman, and that's actually the Batman they're going to use for the new wave as well with Harley Quinn and Robin and Joker. That's the actual figure they're going to use, but put shading on it with the same cape. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, thank goodness. I saw the pictures you posted, and thank goodness they are going to do the updated articulation Batman, but. Yeah, I mean, seeing the new paint job on the Harley Quinn, it didn't look like they really did much of anything. No, not a lot at all. Bit different on the face, few shadings. Looks like they took some. They definitely took some notes from Zulu. Zulu. Yeah, yeah. I think they've literally just done it because they know people buy it, and that's it. (laughs) Oh, they know, especially because they got the Harley Quinn animated series coming out on the DC Universe, and I'm sure that. uh, there won't be a loss for people that want to get that figure, especially Birds of Prey coming out, mm. Suicide Squad 2. So there's going to be a lot of Harley Quinn media. It's not slowing down. Definitely is, yeah. But, and again, yeah. where did she originate? Batman Image series. Yeah, or where it began with BTS. Always is, isn't it? Yeah, that's and that's, uh, that's the one thing I'm finding fun about this one. And I'm glad that you like the two-part one because I'm really trying to draw this out and make sure I, I do each episode. Uh, yeah. It's fun trying to do parts that I haven't done yet. So I, it's, uh, and also parts that I feel like only uh, people that continue to watch the show and, or people that are, are hyper super fans would know. And so that's why I did things like for Be a Clown, I wanted to do the Zoltar thing where it gives the fortune and yeah. Um, uh, the I've got Batman in my basement. I just tried to make it look a little different. The Heart of Ice, I tried to do that scene because I've done the scenes where like Batman's frozen upside down. I've done the scenes with his wife, so it's like, okay, I want to do a different scene. So that's been fun, trying to figure out which little scene I want to do. Well, the three that I recognized straight away was It's Never Too Late, um, Heart of Ice, and then i got to say The Forgotten as well forgotten one was fantastic i really like that i love the little details you put on bruce wayne with the white hair 
Oh yeah, that was. Uh, I'm glad that you noticed that because I were, even in the dream at that see at that scene, he still has the white hair. So I was like, okay, I gotta do it. Yeah, that's brilliant. Really, really love that. And I happen to also get a good lens flare, and I had the perfect mirrors that I found. So okay, let's do this. Yeah, it looks fantastic. Really, really like that shot. Point of yeah. view. I wanted to do it just like a certain shot. I fi- I knew right away that it wasn't going to get a big response just because point of view is not a popular episode and it's a far away shot where I'm not showing anybody. Yeah. But it's like I want to make sure <laughs> it looks just like how the episode looks, and that's exactly it does for me. Yeah. So did you photoshop du- a Montoya into that? As well? Yeah. <laughs> I had to that's duplicate fantastic. her to get a to get a Wilkes. Fantastic. <laughs> a Wilkes stand-in. I couldn't use the clue. For everything, or a question for everything. <laughs> oh, that's a fantastic yeah. picture, that is. I mean, even that, people that understand the series, that, that is instantly going to be recognisable to them as well. It's an absolutely epic shot. So I'm trying, I'm trying to, I'm trying to go out on a, on a nice ending, if this is the end. Well, okay. you definitely are. I hope it isn't the end, but then also, I kind of hope it does, because this has been epic so far, so it's kind of, <laughs> it's kind of, two parts it's very bittersweet as they say we'll see we'll see but other than that i've just uh just been enjoying doing different shots trying still trying to do pictures of figures that i don't take too many shots of well yeah. notice that because you did a couple of bane pictures yeah i feel like he gets he gets the short end of the stick a lot of time he does yeah Especially because Mezco, I mean, there's Mafex Bane. I feel like it's one of the, I have a few Mafex, and I feel like of all the Mafex that I have, he's one of the more well-done versions. Like, even yeah. the the fur on his jacket, the way light hits it, it actually does look like the fur. So, I'm like, oh, it's an impressive figure. Yeah, it really is fantastic. And the Soap Studio Dark Knight villains that you've put together, that was a fantastic picture as well. So many cool things that are going to be coming from them. Oh, the, uh, yeah. That's that's another thing. That's the, one of the reasons I wanted to post it, because they just announced that uh, they're finally, after teasing for a long time and showing different versions, they're finally uh, going to release the Batman from their line after releasing a lot of the villains first and a Bruce Wayne. So I'm looking forward to seeing what their version of Batman looks like. And uh, not only that, but it's their first... They, we've seen that companies that have done soft goods like Mezco, they always tend to not only knock the Batman figures out of the park, but that tends to be the figures that go up the most scalp-wise and that yeah. people tend to be gaga over. So I'm really interested to see how they're going to approach this, what their figures going to look like. Yeah, I like that they've taken their, their time for it. I think that's actually been a good thing in this case. Um Definitely. Yeah, and they they don't usually take the piss with pre-orders either, which is good. <laughs> which we all know Mezco do. But, um, yes, uh, it's been very cool, some fantastic pictures yeah, that you've done this week. Hopefully that's coming soon, and uh, I'm hoping that that will help fix the drought that we're experiencing. <laughs> oh, brilliant. I, cer- I certainly, yeah, certainly have enjoyed it this week. There's been so many different pictures that you've done that like I say, you wouldn't usually take photographs of certain figures, so really enjoyed that. I'm going to keep trying so I could justify their purchases. <laughs> but other than, uh, other than that, just the same old same, I mean, I, 
I live in Soap Studios and uh, just a new, some news on, you know, the Batman animated series figures and the Turtles. Yeah. I feel like that's a decent amount, but nothing uh, too soon and nothing that we don't really know anything about. We uh, we do have in a few weeks, or actually, we have in a week's time exactly for some people that they're going to be seeing the Joker movie. Yes. Uh, you already got apparently tickets. the world's going to end as well, you know. Oh yeah. Uh, what what have you seen or heard about how people are reacting to this? The reaction's been frankly hysterical and uh, pretty ridiculous as well, to be honest. So everyone's been saying, "Oh, you know, run around waving our arms in the air, and everybody's going to die. <laughs> it's not going to happen." Um, you very astutely pointed out that. There's been how many now? Four, is it John Wick movies? And three, uh, but they're making four. Three. <laughs> right. So they yeah, no one's gone out on mass shooting sprees pretending to be John Wick, so I don't think we're gonna get the same thing with the Joker and uh and not only that not only that about the John Wick thing, but the same critics that praise John Wick and like, oh, the choreography is so innovative and it's brilliant and it's yeah. just him shooting guns in a bunch of different angles and ways and I'm sure that the body count in just one John Wick movie is going to be more than we see in the entirety of the Joker movie. But those critics, oh, this is just going to inspire. This is bad. This will inspire people to go out and kill. Yeah, I gotta say it's just stupid. It really, is. saying that I'm, <laughs> I, I, I put in my story like cowards and idiots go around shooting people, not fans of movies. Like, what what <laughs> are people talking about? I honestly don't, I will never understand and nothing will convince me that anyone who thinks that that's going to inspire violence and everything, you are a blithering idiot. Well, what's funny and ironic too is I was just watching a Chris Rock stand-up where he says, like, like with people who shoot up things and, yeah, these things people are watching or the news and the news explains, like, oh, they were listening to this and they were watching these movies, like, Okay, a lot of us are like, whatever happened, the person's just crazy, or they went crazy. Like, that's still a valid thing. There's some people are just crazy and they're gonna do it. It doesn't matter what they watch, what they do. And for 98% of the rest of us, we're not gonna do anything. (laughs) I know it's ridiculous, honestly. I don't, I don't, I never understand what people are talking about when they're all about this kind of stuff. Utterly baffling. I realize that I'm watching a movie, it's not real life. Uh, ridiculous. It honestly is embarrassing, man. And, uh, you know, it's going to be one of the greatest movies that DC has ever made. Um, and people are trying to do everything to to stop it. You know, Rotten Tomatoes are giving it less than, well, a bit more than average reviews, really. They, they haven't said it's anything special. And then you get, you know, people running around crying I'm about sure. the fact that it's going to inspire violence. No, it, it just isn't. It's just ridiculous. I'm sure Disney doesn't hate any of that. I'm sure they love it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it might not even be a bad thing for DC, to be honest, because it'll get people talking about it and people will want to see it, so... Um, I yeah. guess you could look I got my tickets. You have yours? Uh, not yet. Soon, though. Very soon. Yeah. Can't okay. wait to go and see it. Yeah, it's going to be, I, de- I think it's going to be an event. And the last time I, w- I saw something this magnificent, it was seeing The Dark Knight with Heath Ledger. Yes. And 
back then I was wondering if I would ever see anything that would uh, get that close. And then when we saw Jared Leto, it's like, okay, maybe I won't ever see a performance like that again. Yeah. So the the fact that people are going nuts for it and that, uh, no pun intended, and that people <laughs> are saying that it's magnificent, I'm I'm really hoping that we get something on that level to where I'm in a movie theater and I'm just watching like magic. Yeah. That, I hope that I get that feeling again. Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't agree more. I think it, I, it's it's hard to know with DC what it's going to be like, but I think it's very safe to say this is going to be pretty special. I think I might like it a little bit more than the next Birds of Prey, but that's just me. I just it's my speculation. Yeah, definitely, <laughs> I think uh, I think I'd agree with you on that. Birds of Prey is going to have to seriously turn around a few critics to get anywhere near to it, um, near to it being a success from the looks of first things, but. Um, while we're on about DC media, yeah, something enormous that I want to talk about this week oh. um, is a teaser from Warner Brothers, Warner uh-huh. Brothers games that we got. So we got. Um, I I still still struggling to properly believe it's going to happen, but we uh, we saw teasers for what is called Capture the Night. Now. Um, you know, one would assume it's going to be a Court of Owls movie. Uh, sorry, Court of Owls game. And if it is, that's going to be amazing. So they, they showed off some symbols. I think one of them is a is a Wayne symbol, I, I think. I might might not be correct on that. But I know the other three symbols, which is the um, Court of Owls symbol. We've got the Demon's Head symbol. And then the Order of St. Dumont, which is the Azrael. Azrael. Yeah, it's the the Azrael thing, and that's that's amazing. That really is. I think they've got some really cool ideas there. Um, I wonder if know, it's going to be a prequel or if it's going to take place after the fact. If I was to guess, I'd probably say a prequel to Origins, and then they may even try and make their own franchise of games out of it. But if I was to hope, I'd probably hope it was... Maybe after Arkham Knight. It all depends. They've got to get several things correct before they even think about putting a game into production. So they've either got to get um, Roger Craig Smith or Kevin Conroy to voice Batman. Now, the reason for that is Conroy is obviously the iconic Batman we all know. We don't need to put an argument forward for him, but Roger Craig Smith (laughs) is the voice in Origins. Um, So if they're going to carry on with that, I don't think... I'd be too bothered if he did, because he did a great job in Origins, he really did. And I'm a Conroy fan all the way, and we will always back into voice Batman in any media. Oh, so, there would be times when I was playing Origin where I would uh, be questioning myself, like, wait, am I sure that I read that Kevin Conroy and Hamill aren't doing these voices? And I'd have to look <laughs> back, like, yeah. no, it says it's not them, because I could have swore yeah. it sounded like Kevin Conroy sometimes. Yeah, exactly. I, I, it's... Uh, it's fantastic, and they, you know, there's no Joker going to be involved in this. So that one, obviously, or supposedly, you know, we don't, we don't know that wasn't meant to be in Origins, but, um, you know, you never know. I think I think it could be after. No, it says it could be after Arkham Knight, but I think um, I think Warner Brother Games would probably rather leave Roxanne to deal with the sort of aftermath of Arkham Knight uh, rather than sort of going in on their patch and trying to like re. Uh, reconnects people with that story and I think they'd rather kind of do their own thing after Origins and there is a gap I think there's a, a sort of 10 
about a five to ten year gap between Origins and Asylum. So we've got time in there to, to fit an epic story in and, and show something different, which I think would be uh, fantastic, and I hope they do. Um, I think that but, would make most yeah. sense, too, because uh, there would be no way that Batman would be operating this whole time with uh, without knowing. I mean, that would make him look like a poor detective if he was operating all those years without knowing a secret society. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So um, it would make sense that he would take care of it early on. It, uh, it greatly excites greatly excites me this uh, this idea. I think it's going to be really cool, and I hope we get to see it. I think we will, to be honest. But who knows? It, it's again the DC thing. We never know with DC what they're going to do. But, um, and especially if they yeah. show if a lot of like what you said, where it shows a lot of those uh, secret societies, where, where a lot of it has to do with Batman's early beginnings, where he's training as a you know mm-hmm. a ninja with Razo Ghoul and. Also, like training of the ninja in you know different places, like uh, like from episode nine of the ninja, which I think we're covering yeah. today. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Yeah. And so that would actually be cool to see that kind of stuff, and uh, hopefully, well, I'm sure they wouldn't do it unless there was a brilliant story and a way to title. And so. Yeah, I love the name as well. Catch the light. It's such a fantastic name. Really puts puts sort of question marks around straight away, which really, really love so. Yeah, I think it's going to be a fantastic one and can't wait to see how they develop it. I'm sure it will be more detective-like. Mm, definitely will. Um, I love the the St. Demont thing in there as well, the Azrael idea, so we could get to see where you know he originates from and what's going on with that. And That's going to be fascinating. But then, you know, equally, if Azrael didn't appear till Arkham City and that was the first time that Bruce had encountered him, so how could he appear before, you know... Before that, so who knows what's going to happen? Oh, true. So you're more of the expert in that area. <laughs> Just played the games about a thousand times. That's all. Yeah, I have only played them at least twice or three times. <laughs> yeah, that was yeah. years ago. Really excited. It makes me want to play the games again, but um, yeah, too busy. Well, hopefully, you have a new- yeah, I, I'm glad that you are because that means we'll be getting some more shots. And you already had done one. Yeah, done. I, I think I've done like three, maybe new Justice League pictures this week, something like that. So, just not that much for me. But yeah, anyway, it is what it is. Before all Justice League happened, we had BTAS. Yes, and especially a night of the ninja where we get to learn a lot about. Uh, Bruce Wayne's backstory and a different part of his training career. Not where it yeah. might not be the earliest of Ra's al Ghul, but it's a different portion, or maybe it's before Ra's al Ghul. We have, we don't mm. know, but it is when he's in the part of his career where he's trying to master all the different martial arts. Yeah, and definitely. Also, well, what are your first thoughts on it after watching? Um, I to be honest, what I love about this episode is they give sort of a new character um a real cool depth um of story and that obviously as we will explain as the the episode unravels they really make um Kyodai Ken a formidable enemy and sort of he's not just some random ninja who's coming back for revenge they they actually give a good backstory and a, and a good solid reason as to why this guy is a, a really formidable force and a, really good opponent to Bruce and they use it in such a clever way as well it's not just a boring oh he 
you know, he, he wronged me once and I made an offer him. Simple as that, you know. Um, as Robin said, another criminal made possible by a grant from the Wayne Foundation. He said that later <laughs> in the series, um, oh, which annoyed yeah. Bruce. But this, this is brilliant and this is a, a real personal battle. This isn't anything to do with his company or anything like that, although his company's involved in it. it it's a pure personal Spice. thing that happened years ago. Yeah, exactly. Spice, jealousy, all that kind of thing. Well, it's interesting you say that, too, because in the 90s, the ninjas were big, if you guys mm. remember. There was Power Rangers, there was a Little Ninjas movie, there was tons of martial arts movies. That's the time where, like, uh, Chuck Norris was big, Van Damme. You also had Mortal Kombat. So ninjas in general were big in the 90s. And they, even, like, uh, the biggest, most popular G.I. Joe toy was Sneak Eyes, who was just a ninja in all black. So... Like you said, Scotty, you could it could be very easy to have just a generic ninja villain. Oh, he wronged me once. One off. Yeah, exactly. The way they weaved a, a a story and weaved it through backstories in and out of what's currently going on, and also he's not just a one off villain. There's another episode we get of him. So yeah, it's actually they just another showing that uh, the BTAS crew knew what they were doing. Like we even needed proof. I know, yeah, definitely. <laughs> they they absolutely nailed it, and so we uh, so we look into the episode. We see the return of the title card, which is pretty cool. Yes, the the return of the title card after and, an uh, absence in the laughing fish. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it had a bit of a nap as that episode <laughs> went on. Uh, the title card took to the side, but um, by no means is this bad. I think they that I think they just didn't want to animate another thirty second uh, card again. Like, <laughs> Okay, just go back to the, the um, non-motion. <laughs> yeah, I, I love the sound track they put on this episode as well with the sort of more Japanese-style music and that. It really is fantastic what they did with this. But, it's um, like a fluttering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so we head into the episode and we see a break-in at Wayne Cosmetics, which is obviously a division of Wayne Enterprises and uh, you know, a man... Um, sort of appears in front of this door and, and throws some purple gas under the door. They use gas a lot in this series, don't they? There's a lot of gas going on. Well, they couldn't use guns as much, so they... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a lot... No, I noticed, that as, I noticed that as well, and I thought, like, maybe it's just because, like, they're trying to keep the villain a secret for a second. There's a lot of villains that use <laughs> gas, but then I just thought, like, yeah. yeah, why are so many villains use gas? <laughs> it's very true, and... and um a ninja sort of goes into the Wayne Enterprises safe, takes what appears to be loads of money out of there, um, and the guards are alerted, you know, they go after him, and uh, the way that he sort of takes out the guards' torch is what I really love. You can just hear a sword slicing sound, then, you know, a second sort of elapses, and then the torch just collapses, and all the innards fall out of it, which is what I really like. It's a nice little scene, that. Lightning quick, he's not to be missed. Yeah, just completely wipes out the guard, you know, and uses one of the sort of, he described it like a, a circular thing with, with pointy edges. Oh, ninja star. Yeah, ninja star, yeah. Chucks one of those at the gun and stabs it onto the uh, the frame of the door, which is a nice cool evidence change for Commissioner Gordon <laughs> to look at later on. Um, but yeah, it's a nice little opening act. It's quite mysterious, you don't know what's going on. Yeah, it's a perfect way to introduce the ninja. Mysterious. 
Uh, his yeah. movement is fluid and quick. Yeah. And uh, we also get a nice, like you said, with the ninja stars. Oh, okay. It's a little nod to the battering. Is that what Bruce got? Yeah. Yeah. But then we start to see, in the next scene, we see uh, Bruce and Dick in a rare scene where we get to see Batman training uh, Dick Grayson. Yes. Great scene. Which is always awesome. And I love that uh, not only is it cool that Dick Grayson has a green belt, but it also happens to match his color scheme of his outfit. <laughs> it's perfect. And uh, it's it's funny seeing them go at it. And Bruce, you, you could tell that he's a domineering teacher and he's not taking any uh, anything but perfection. And, you know, Dick goes in for a move and Batman easily just gets like just gets rid of it and uh he says come on and dick is like oh you know sorry we can't all be perfect and when alfred <laughs> alert when alfred alerts uh bruce to the fact that another one of his companies has been ripped off uh his head's turned and dick starts to show a little bit of frustration at him and yeah. uh i don't know about you but i feel like this is the first time that we start to see any uh any type of friction or rift between these two. And yeah, I, you're probably right. I do like that they added this little touch because it does start to make more sense, especially later on as we see him turn from uh, Nightwing to Nightwing. And we also see like the stories in Old Wounds. Like This is a perfect... I think uh, you look back at this episode and you're like, okay, maybe this is where it started to really turn because... Yeah. he's already starting to like talk back a little and be like sorry not perfect I can't be like you and uh, that tends to be what people are most frustrated with Bruce Yeah, is that even the Justice League is he doesn't demand anything less than perfection or the most logical like reasoning for things so mm. I feel like uh, it's even later in the episode uh, we'll, we'll talk about that when we get to it so we uh, <laughs> yeah. We where do we go from what you talked about a, a crime scene, right? What what happens? Yeah. The yeah. So the um, the crime scene that Commissioner Gordon's uh, investigating. Bruce arrives. He, he you know he sees the um, he sees the gun with the what is it you called it? Ninja star. Ninja star. Yeah, he sees the ninja star, and he instantly has a flashback to the days of fighting Kyoto Ken. Um, you know, and the master Euro sensei, uh, you know, makes Ken apologize for a mark that he, he had against Bruce. He was calling him a rich man's son. Um, <laughs> I love how he, I love how he says that as well. So, so sort of patronizing, uh, to him, he calls him rich man's son. And, um, yeah, Euro sensei's like, you know, that's not how we, we do things here. You know, you're always going to make sure you retain your honor no matter what happens. And, uh, yeah, Bruce remembers the the tattoo that he he had on his back as well when he was walking out from that moment. So must have been gonna... painful. Yeah, yeah. Thing is all over his back, but it's pretty cool dragon. Yeah, it is absolutely. Or a scary demon. Tattoo. Is it a demon head? Something or like drag. that. Yeah, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I, forget, I think it probably is a demon. Yeah, that's a, it's a pretty scary tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, to say the least, and um, so we then go back to the Bat Cave, and Bruce wants to go out alone. You know, he doesn't want uh, he doesn't want Robin helping him, which is kind of reminiscent of Robin's reckoning a little bit, not so personal in this case, 
although it is for Bruce, but not for Dick Grayson. So this time Dick sort of lets it slide and doesn't doesn't really too you know, doesn't really put up too much of a, a fuss with it. He's just kind of asking Alfred like what you know, what the hell's going on here? Like it's <laughs> wondering what's wrong with him now, you know. Alfred's like, I just like to discuss his feelings. Yeah, um, and I even I like uh, their discussion in the Batmobile too, where he's like, So who is he? He's like he was a he's a a ninja and he's like he was good he's like well how mm. good and he's like he was good and kind of you get the impression that batman's kind of scared of him and so you see realm like, oh okay. <laughs> yeah yeah so he kind of gets the impression something's up too so that's funny yeah and then where were you going with it where were you <laughs> okay yeah so we were on a, we were saying about uh you know the moment he's asking comes out and he has a, another <laughs> flashback to his training with um, Urosensa and uh, you know Sensei was saying that you know def- um, defeat can be more instructive than victory which is something that Bruce can vividly remember in this flashback which is a really cool message and a message to the viewer as well as Batman um, I feel like just the way that it's delivered that line which is fantastic oh yeah and also uh, seeing him with the ring of candles, just trying to use yeah. his quick motion to blow him out with his kicks and hand movements. Yeah, it's brilliant, isn't it? And it just shows a whole new side to, to Bruce, a whole new fighting technique that we haven't really seen that much of at all in this series. Yeah, it's definitely cool seeing stuff like that. And then where, where do we go from there? Okay, so we're now um, going back to Wayne Enterprises where and then the ninja reappears. Um, but this time, Batman's ready and um, anticipating his next move. But unfortunately, what Batman doesn't prepare for is that he gets gassed again. Um, cheating. And, the guy's as, cheating. As, as is often the way, yeah. <laughs> as is often the way. So he gets gassed, and, uh, but then Robin, who is tracking Batman, he, he appears and you know manages to sort of thwart the ninja. Um, this time, you know, as the ninja escapes, um, gives Batman kind of a reckoned. backhanded compliment, right? He does, yeah, yeah. When he when you're talking about Batman, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's like, no one does that to my friend. He'd be a jerk sometimes. <laughs> yeah, hey. so you, you like, thanks, you Robin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I absolutely love that, and. um yeah, as the ninja escapes, Batman recognises the distinctive tattoo on his back. And that's yeah. when we instantly know that uh, he's definitely the uh, Kyoto Ken figure that we see in the flashbacks. Yes, and then we also uh, hear that Batman, is he just wants to move on, and Robin's again showing a little frustration, like, thanks for saving my bacon, Batman, Robin. Yeah. Like, mocking yeah. him. He's just... So Robin's getting quite bold. Yeah, he's getting noise. <laughs> and then uh, someone that we haven't mentioned yet, but uh, Summer Gleason, she's in this episode. Yeah, she's quite a prominent character in this. Yeah, she pops up quite a lot throughout Batman the Animated Series, but usually it's only on little uh, news reports. That we get narrative story stuff, so... It's nice to yeah. see that she does get a, a little light shined on her more in this, or a little bit more to do. Yeah, she's a cool character, Summer Gleason. I, actually, it was funny. I was watching um, 
this is a slight tangent, but the Justice League episode, um, The Enemy Below, yesterday, and there's a bit where Aquaman's been brought out on a stretcher and Snapper Car's reporting, and you can see some of Gleason there reporting on the news as well in the background, which is quite a nice touch. Oh. That, that they put in that, yeah. But, um, but yes, anyway, back to this episode, that's as you awesome. say. Yeah, yeah well, great, we, nice details. Throughout, we've seen Summer Gleason, she's taking an interest in the story because it's not every day that there's a story about a ninja in Gotham. It's a little <laughs> different than a six foot two bat. So she's very interested in that and also interested in why he's trying to go after Wayne. She's, so she's going after the approach of uh, what's Wayne got, what's he hiding. And so she's big kind of a nuisance. Um, there's Wayne around. Say that again, Tyler. Sorry, you broke up then. I broke up? Okay. Well, I said that's just another uh, story there that's going on throughout this. So we get a cut away to her where she is uh, talking, asking some questions and she sees that there's going to be a Wayne charity and she's, so she decides that she's going to go there. Yes, but yeah. meanwhile, we are back at Wayne Manor and we see that Alfred is doing his butler duties or he's washing dishes and uh, he's talking with Dick, but he's kind of being one because he's not really helping doing the dishes. He's just talking. <laughs> And then, so they're talking about Bruce and uh, Robin wants to know if Alfred was there with him in Japan. He's like, oh, yeah, I love the tea. It's a great time. And then ask <laughs> oh, if he knows about it. <laughs> yeah, I know they, I'm sure they had great tea. Um, but <laughs> Alfred's talking about, yeah, he knows Kyoto, Kyodakan and that he was one of the only students or the only student that consistently on a regular basis was able to just beat Bruce to a pulp. And uh, Dick, right there, I guess, he comes to the complete realization that, you know, he's not, Bruce isn't trying to keep anything from Robin, especially in the way like Tony Zuko. He's just trying to, you know, he's more afraid than anything that he's going to get whooped up. And if he gets whooped up, who's going to protect Robin? And he also probably doesn't want Robin to see him get whooped up. And yeah. While they're talking about this, and Alfred's like, "Oh, you know, Master Bruce always afraid. Like he doesn't want to talk about his fears." And they look up and they see that <laughs> Bruce is standing in the doorway with a very <laughs> stoic look on his face, and uh, he stands there for a few seconds, letting them soak in the fact that he's been there, and he lets them know that he's off to the charity event, and uh, they are left to feel awkward and hope that he didn't hear everything. Oliver said, "Just think he heard. He's like, who can tell? Yeah, who can tell? I'm pretty sure he heard. He's Batman. So I'm yeah, sure. he definitely heard. And, uh, kudos to him for not, you know, just ripping them apart right there. But I'm sure they felt bad enough. Yeah, definitely. Uh, love that scene. But um, yeah, so Bruce then announces that he's going to be going to the museum tonight." Um, ah, yeah, again, an, another sort of gala that is isn't going on in Gotham. Another event, charity. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they do a lot of charity work in there. Perhaps another sort of message to viewers, but um, yeah, Bruce <laughs> is looking at an old sword, old Japanese art sword, and uh, that's when we see another cool flashback to yeah. um, to when Kyoto can try to steal an ancient sword back in Japan that was over 500 years old. And Bruce catches him, you know, it's a good thing I was staying late to practice tonight. 
and then Ken sort of, you know, gives a remark about, you know, rich man's son, you can't stop me. <laughs> Defeating you will be make it even more satisfying and all that rubbish. And before they <laughs> could actually get into the fight, Yura Sensei catches them and banishes Kyoto Ken from the uh, the sort of settlement in, in Japan forever. He banishes it from there and it's when Kyoto Ken swears revenge on Bruce Wayne. And uh yeah. And everything's starting source. to make sense. Yeah, that's where the seed was planted for revenge. Yes, but not generic one-off of revenge. Actually, yes. good storytelling. <laughs> but after that, we see that Bruce is jarred uh, back into reality to this prison state, and we see he decides that he's going to leave, and we see that he's followed out by the reporter, Summer, and she just gets in the car and insists that it's her job to ask him these questions, and and she explains that she did some research and she knows that he was in Japan and that uh, she wants to know if his time in Japan has anything to do with these robberies. And before he could say anything, we see the person that's the valet or disguised as the valet. And it yeah. is Kyoto Ken saying, like, have a safe trip or something to that effect. And uh, we're all shocked wondering what's going to happen now. I'm pretty sure a commercial break happened on a Saturday morning. If you were watching. <laughs> yeah, I think that probably would, wouldn't it? That's a good point. <laughs> and then uh, we get taken to probably the most frustrating part of any, especially young boy watching back in the day. The two awaken uh, because we see that they're drugged again. They're gassed, probably. And uh, we see that Summer and Bruce are taken hostage to a warehouse. There's a lot of boxes. Kaioken uh, is just talking to him. Talks about his whole plan, as villains do. They tend to do. <laughs> yeah, and, they love uh, to map out an idea. <laughs> and he just wants to mock and gloat, so he's talking about targeting Bruce and all his businesses, stealing bank codes, transferring money to his accounts, robbing him, and try- just you know all of the classic revenge stuff. And yeah. basically for banishing him to the from the dojo and that he does say that he's gonna kill him. But we also see that Robin, he's uh tracked his buddy again trying to figure out what's happening and also knowing that he probably is gonna need help on this this guy <laughs> back in the day. And uh we see him park his luxurious uh uh bat cycle, which we saw was just really and he goes into the uh, to the warehouse where we see the whole scene that we've been seeing, where we see the two, you know, hostages and Kyoto Ken. And we see that Bruce has to get up and fight because Kyoto Ken just saying he's weak, he's rich, he's soft, he's he's never going to be like him. Like, yeah. So he can never be a ninja. And Bruce, because I guess this is the most frustrating part for me, uh, because Summer Gleason's there, and he doesn't want to give any hints that he might be Batman. He just takes absolute butt-whooping from Toyota Ken. <laughs> yeah, what do you Kyoto think Kyoto. about all this? Uh, yeah, I, I, I think it's... I like the way that they developed that, that sort of ending. I think that's quite clever. Um, Sorry, say that again. You broke up. Bruce Wayne just, you know, get beat to crap. Yeah, it, it's weird, isn't it? 
Um, I, I guess it's also quite clever in a way. It they, is clever. They do it. My little mind couldn't handle it back then. Yeah, very strange seeing Bruce Wayne get beaten up by <laughs> a ninja. Yeah, and it's only after uh, uh, rolling a carpet over Summer Robin that Bruce is able to uh, fully go into warrior mode and he even strikes a pose and he <laughs> starts to use all his martial arts to just wipe the floor with Kyotokin until we see <clears throat> what kind of person Kyotokin really is when he decides to uh, break open a window and just run and jump away. <laughs> yeah, Kyotokin in the end is a, a coward. Definitely. But it does leave us it does leave it open so that he can return, which eventually he does. Yeah, indeed. And in the end, I love the, the scene when they're back at Wayne Manor and Bruce thanks Robin for his help. And it's yeah. quite a nice scene. Quite a nice scene in the end. Which, uh, yeah, because it's not uh, many times in his life that he said thank you, let alone probably Robin. I know, yeah, it is genuinely very rare that we ever get to see that at all. So it's quite nice. We, I think one of the only times else we see him actually think a few people is uh, Justice Lee when he's about to die, when he's about to fly the tower into a base. Yeah. <laughs> the only other time. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> oh, I love that scene there. That's an amazing scene. A gentleman it's put on. Yes. So uh, after rewatching this and after seeing it from an adult lens, what would you rate this episode? Uh, I'm gonna go seven and a half out of ten. I actually quite like this one. It's not, it's not got that same sort of, you know, drag of some of the other characters. Like even episodes like POV sometimes can drag, where they've not got a sort of main villain. But this episode, I actually really enjoy. Um, it's a good mysterious episode. So, yeah, definitely a solid uh, seven and a half out of ten. What do you, uh, what do you rate it? It's only because I enjoy everything about it. I enjoy the way they weave the story with the flashbacks. I think that takes skill, especially in animation. And I also like the fact that you start to see hints of a longer arcing story where you start to see Robin is starting to be disgruntled and not as happy being Batman's partner. And I I think that that part can get overlooked and just the excitement of the other stuff, seeing Batman train. But I do like that they add those little breadcrumbs in there. Um, the only thing I think they could have been more clever with it is I don't like the part where he gets whooped up to a pope. Yeah. Uh, the power he has a black eye and stuff just because he's in front of uh, Summer Gleason. I do think we've seen before uh, where he's like in the dark night. He's able to use pressure points and stuff. And I think he could have feigned like he was getting whooped up, but also landed a few like pressure points to you know, lessen the the yeah. fact that he was getting hooked up. Some of that, they could have showed that, that he has knowledge in other areas. I think that that could have been something they should, could have shown, but yeah. who am I to tell them anything? They are the ones that made a brilliant show, not me. And yeah. who would want to animate that, too? I mean, you have to think about the animators and all that in time, so I just, as a little kid, that bugged me, but I know it shouldn't. <laughs> No, that's kind of, I think that's fair. Yeah, I think that's fair. 
starts a solid episode and it not only introduces a new villain, it also ties together some long arcing story stuff with Batman's beginnings uh, yeah. I, that I'm pretty sure Christopher Nolan took inspiration from. And <laughs> I also like the, the Robin stuff. So solid episode. And uh, we have a solid episode coming up next as well, right? We do, yes. Uh, the next episode sees the reintroduction of Catwoman with Cat Scratch Fever. Also, the reintroduction of Roland Daggett. Ugh, the, the slime ball that is Roland Daggett. Yes, yeah, always one of the top favorite. Uh, he's not even a mob boss; he's just like a slimy businessman. Yeah, he is. And uh, after uh, Cat Scratch Fever is okay; it's not one of my favorites. But then the, the sort of next five or six episodes are absolute movies, so I can't wait for that. Uh, those will be ones very, that I look forward to. Yeah, very excited to see those ones, but uh, yes, Cat Scratch Fever is next. So. That one's uh, also fitting for the time of weather that we're going into. <laughs> That's a good point, actually, yeah. Uh, for all this holiday season. Um, yeah. We do have also a a pretty interesting guest coming up that we're going to interview. We do, yes. Have, have you ever watched the show The Boys? I haven't. I'm going to be honest. You haven't. I haven't. Do you ever plan on it? Um, I don't see why not. Someday, yeah. <laughs> well, I I think that uh, it is something that definitely to be, at least the first episode, it's something to be checked out because it it's like a satire on not only uh, heroes, but also hero worship and the way that some people act about heroes. And I think it's... So again, sorry, Tal, you're breaking up badly. Can you hear me? I can hear you. <laughs> You're uh, back. You know what it is? It's because I use the Wi-Fi. I should have used my, my data. I'm getting ah. My connection is probably cutting bad. But, uh, yeah, well, The Boys, it's a fun show. It shows maybe what heroes might really be like. They might not be uh, the the 100% heroes that we want. Superman might, might not have a heart of gold. So it's interesting to see different takes on it. And- but it kind of makes fun of that stuff and the one of the well i think there's only one person to make the figures for them the action figures and on instagram he is called the dark mcknight underscore creations his name is james mcknight and he was the one that created all the custom action figures for the show. He made the seven, uh, each one of them, even uh, the one that dies at the beginning. Spoiler alert, Lamplighter. So there's a lot of 
uh, questions I have for him. And it, he kind of, when we asked him to come on, he kind of told us a little bit about himself. And he said that he had been making, he's been making custom action figures now for 20 years. So wow. there's a, a lot of questions we have for him and a lot we want to ask him about what he's seen, especially the current state of customs and with the Instagram, uh, with all the new profiles being out there. And I see new customizers, I feel like, every day. So it'll be interesting to hear uh, what it takes, how, like, all his <laughs> all his inventions and all the stuff that he's done and how long it took to get to a level where uh, he's at now. And I feel like that would be a, a lot of fun. I mean, it's not every day your figure that you create gets put on a TV show. So that should be interesting. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so, so definitely looking yeah. forward to speaking to him about that. We have that to look forward to uh, for you guys just a matter of seconds. For us, we're actually recording it all in one day, so that'll be cool. Yes, good fun for a change of getting, uh, getting nice and sort of wrapped up on one day, which is going to be good fun. Yeah, just knocking it all out. So we hope you guys <laughs> enjoy the other side of this. He also comes from Canada, so keeping it international. So <laughs> not too international for me, but for everyone else on the other side. Pretty international. So we will talk to you in a matter of seconds. Hey, what's up? This is Tyler G of Batman Figs on Instagram as well as B Batman TAS Figs on YouTube. And I wanted to talk to you guys about Soap Studios figures because they have a brand new premium cloth goods, tons of accessories to work, Joker figure, bank robber version. Heath Ledger from the Dark Knight film. I'm pretty sure you've heard of it. And it is available now for pre-order. You can find that at Big Bad Toy Store. Or you could just check out Soap Studios on Instagram. Or you could check out my review on my YouTube page. Again, that's Batman TAS Figs. And if you want to see pictures of it, I have a lot over on my Instagram, Batman Figs. I'm telling you, these are very nice figures, this, especially this Joker figure. Um, it's on a Mezco style soft goods if you've ever seen Mezco. So I definitely would jump on this figure while you can. Go pre-order it. You won't regret it. Soap Studios. Get them while they're hot. Welcome to the guest portions of DC Figures and Collectibles. I'm Tyler G, and I'm joined again by Scott, as always. And the guest that we have for you right now is his name is James. And he, if you're not following him, you definitely should. You can find his site at the Dark McKnight underscore Creations on Instagram. And uh, he is a custom action figure collector. He he's told me. Uh, previously that he's been doing it for over 20 years he has tons of work on display and especially uh one that has been uh very prominent especially in superhero media as of late and that is uh the boys he was able to do custom figures for uh the first person to do custom figures for the bot industry which is pretty awesome so he's made figures for the vcu and uh I don't know how he doesn't have more followers, to be honest, because his work is amazing. But 
we hope that we're able to help remedy that somehow. But uh, <laughs> his name is James, and we'd like to welcome him. James, how are you doing? I'm doing well, guys. How about you? We are. We're pumped awesome. to have you. Yeah, well, trust me, it's uh, it was pretty cool that you guys asked me to be a part of this. Uh, I have to give uh, credit to my cousin for finding you because we've been doing our own customs to the show because we absolutely love it. And we we saw your work and we're like, okay, that's the guy that does it from the show. So uh, big thanks to my cousin at Venomous. Check him out. And uh, first of all, I want you to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about uh, you growing up, what got you into the action figure world? What or maybe if it was something like a show or maybe a parent that it was a hobby or something like that. And then what ultimately got you into doing customs? Uh yeah. Well, I mean, I've been uh I've been working in film for about nine years now. Um doing uh in the set deck and props department. Um so I just happened to you know, a couple of people who were working on the boys before uh, before it started up for the first season, and I got offered the job as a props buyer, so I came along for that. Um, and then that sort of just, I awkwardly shoehorned my way in as the builder who uh, would make the figures on the show. Um, so it kind of lucked out for that one. Awkwardly? Well, it wasn't, I wasn't supposed to be the one who was building them. Okay. Um, we uh we had someone else who was doing his own figures and uh our deadline was approaching and i kind of unveiled my secret talent <laughs> um, because be- before before that i mean i've been i've been collecting action figures since i was a kid um i think i can i vividly recall like a, a toy biz cyclops figure that as a like five or six year old, I'd carry around with me everywhere. Um, and that kind of started my love from there. It went to Batman, it went to Star Wars, and you know, no one ever said no when I kept asking for more action figures, evidently. So I guess I have my parents to thank. Nice. Um, but yeah, no, so it's just uh, you know, my my love of nerdy things began early and then uh, just never sort of left. <laughs> So how long have you been customizing action figures for then? Uh, so I think it's probably been like 18 years. I think the, wow. uh, the first figure I ever made was a Goku from Dragon Ball Z. Oh, um, nice. But nice. I, I made it out of a G.I. Joe. Um, <laughs> ah, okay. And three and three quarter? Yeah. Nice. I, I don't really remember how i discovered you know people making custom action figures i must have seen something (laughs) online or something uh but i you know i had all these old gi joes laying around so i was like well i'm gonna try my hand at this and i don't still have it but i remember it looking pretty terrible (laughs) so thankfully i i I don't know if i've improved a whole bunch but at least a little bit i'd say so yes I, i would agree with that how do you think action figures have changed over the like, sort of time? I mean, even just uh, like you look at some of the stuff Hasbro's doing at, in like a six inch scale and like the face, the faces in both realism and also the like comic book styled action figures are just incredible. 
let alone the articulation, all that stuff. And, you know, it only gets better when you go up to, like, hot toys, that sort of mm-hmm. And are uh, you yourself still a, ma- a big collector, or are you more into just uh, doing your own thing? Then? I, I am a big collector. I've had to attempt to focus my collection a little bit in recent years. I just realize how much uh, space I don't have. So I'm I'm definitely fighting that. So I've I've narrowed my vision slightly since the, uh, <laughs> you know the uh, the Batman the animated series line. Oh yeah, great choice. Um, well, that that's one I've I forced myself to stay clear of. Unfortunately, I think I picked up the first wave uh, with all their imperfections while they were still breaking. Uh, and. And I just, I, I knew that if I went down that rabbit hole, I'd have every single one. And I just, I couldn't let myself do that. Yeah, there's no ladder tall enough to get you out of that rabbit hole. Yeah, well, and I mean, I've seen like, I've seen the Batmobile and the Batwing that they've released for that. And they're incredible. And oh, I, amazing. I badly want them, but I'm, I'm forcing myself to exercise a little self-control, which is not easy. And no, honestly, it really isn't. <laughs> if you're if you're hard on space, that Batwing is is unbelievably big. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, I've got uh, I've got the Black Series um, Tie Fighter that they released years oh, ago. Uh, I and remember that, that bad boy. I I bought that and I took it out of the packaging and I struggled with a place to keep it. <laughs> now it's it's tucked away in a closet somewhere. So I for- have this stuff on display, but there's only so much you can really do. So of all the things that you have collected, what sort of line or particular figure are you sort of most proud of and that you enjoy the most? Uh, that's tough because I've, with narrowing my collection, I've kind of, uh, I, I, I have randomly picked characters that I've decided to focus on. So I've oh, okay. the, uh, Scout Troopers and the Royal Guards from Star Wars have always been my two favorite troopers uh, from Star Wars. So I'm at the point now, buy everything I find of them. Nice. Yeah. Which is great. It makes for a very cool play altogether. But now I, uh, you know, eventually you start trying to figure out creative ways to not have them laying all on top of each other. <laughs> but I, I do love that. I, you know, I've got the helmets to go with them, and they look great. But uh, so, will you be will you be out on Force Friday a week from around a week from now? I don't know. Uh, the Black Series is one of the lines I'm still collecting, um, and especially now it's only getting better. Uh, you know, it's still got its imperfections, but it's pretty great overall. Um, I went to the last Force Friday for the Last Jedi, and uh, around that. You know, The Last Jedi came out and was very difficult for me as a Star Wars fan. I feel you. So <laughs> I've, uh, I've definitely been more cautious about what I'm buying from Star Wars these days uh, because of that. You know, there's only so many Rose Ticos and <laughs> Old Man Lukes that you can buy uh, and, you know, feel good about. <laughs> I don't uh, think you can but, feel good about a Rose. Yeah, well, <laughs> that was one of the ones I, I managed to steer clear of, luckily, early on. <laughs> uh, well, the one question I want to have, and it's it's uh, in terms of 
the boys figures and the fact that you customize them did you happen to have a good look at what these characters are going to look like in live action form beforehand did they show you pictures or were you left to your own devices no so well i was uh because i was already working on the show as a props buyer um our uh, the production office walls were lined with concept art um and as as the actors were going through their initial fittings and getting sized for costumes and stuff all that all all of the photos from that went on to a costumes website um like a server and uh they gave me access to that so when i started making the figures i could base them off that which was incredibly helpful and i would have been at a real loss if i didn't have that and are some of these uh figures made from existing parts of figures pretty well every part of them is existing figures and there's been a couple of people on instagram who have been able to spot them (laughs) which i'm i'm happy about but i'm also nervous about because you never know how these companies feel about their uh their stuff being chopped up and used as a prop Um, yeah i was wondering yeah i mean that's you know that's what we do with lots of other things as well um you know any of the any of the cool builds we've gotten to do on the show uh guns or like black noirs knives anything like that you know there's a certain amount of stuff that gets cobbled together to make that happen so i kind of look at it look at it that it's fair game just hopefully you don't (laughs) notice too much what they are no i would i feel like you would have to be uh a diehard collector to recognize some of this stuff. Yeah, there's been uh, there's been a couple of people who have messaged me though, being like, "Is this uh, that base body or is it this head?" And they have gotten it dead on. Dead on. So what, okay, what, for the Black Noir, is that a, a, a Flash figure? Yeah, that was Dark uh, Flash. Yeah, that was the uh, Black Flash or whatever it was from uh, the DC collectibles line from the TV show. Ah, okay. No, wait, no, it was uh, Professor was it the Mattel. Uh, yeah, no, because he he was uh, yeah, he was Professor Zoom. Okay. Flash, what have you? Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no. So there's definitely little little things that got left behind in those sculpts that you can kind of tell. <laughs> I think it's brilliant. It just. It, it's like it made uh, watching the show even more enjoyable for me, especially when you see the figures on the screen. And you've mentioned that you've you've been in film for a while now, and you've had props appear in shows. And, but was it a little different when you got to see action figure you created on screen, especially in like a situation where like A Train is in Huey's home? It's a tense situation. Yeah, I mean that was like I, I've. I kind of have a collection of things that I've been, you know, proud of throughout my my work in film. Um, little like mementos of things I built or you know got to be a. This was kind of my love of comics and superheroes colliding with my work uh, mm-hmm. for the first real time, and so seeing seeing all that stuff there is pretty incredible. Exactly that when you see A Train holding up your that talking a train I made and like (laughs) pointing at it and laughing. It's, uh, you know, it's pretty surreal. What was the making process like? So in terms of the, sort of the idea that they say, right, you got to do 
these figures by, you know, a certain date, or did they kind of leave you alone to, to sort of get them right, or was there sort of pressure to, to make them? Um, various, depending on which order I kind of went in. Um, I tried to get some of the more difficult ones out of the way first. Yeah. Um, but there were always on on deadlines, especially like episodic television. The Boys is a show, you know, eight episodes, but you're filming the whole thing takes place over about six months working yeah. five days a week. Cool. And then I come home and I'd have to work on action figures. Um, so I was definitely uh, under the gun a couple of times closer than I would like to have had them done. But they all got finished for the most part. So that's something. And they look brilliant in package. Yeah. So that was, uh, I just posted a couple more photos today. Um, one of our uh, our guys in the art department, Dave Meredith, did graphics for everything. So he did his own renditions of the characters, um, different styles. And so when it came time to needing to package the figures, Dave, who's also a giant nerd, uh, right away went for the Toy Biz style packaging from that X-Men line. And that was exactly what I had in mind for this. And it just worked out great. But yeah, in, in hand especially, it's extremely cool to see them. It only makes the me hardest. hope that there's a line. <laughs> I, would, I would hope they, that someone realizes that these would make good action figures. There's no way that, you know, a property like this, hopefully, I should say, knock on wood, but, uh, you know, <laughs> the show's done well for itself. We're, we're going on season two, so hopefully that means many more, and maybe, yes. they'll, maybe mm -hmm. they'll be smart enough to actually make the toys of it. What great. was one of the hardest figures that you, you've had to make? Uh, for the show, um, the deep was kind of uh, a giant pain for me um if only scales. yeah the scales and if you if you look closely at the figure it, they're not sculpted i again i was i was running short on time but it's all just like hand painted dots all throughout the costume and that that gets very old very quickly and you can you can spot a lot of inconsistencies but luckily when they're you know on your TV screen, they're never really that close on it, so that helps. Uh, uh, yeah, I think it looks good still. Well, yeah, I've it does I've look made, brilliant. I've made so many A trains for the show. Because, uh, <laughs> he being the fact that he was kind of the character that pushed Huey along this path, um, it was uh, it made sense to have a lot of merchandise with his face on it. So all the different action figures. It just got at at some point all the line work of painting that got pretty meticulous, and uh, I started going a little cross-eyed at times. But you know, they they look all good for the most part. So, I mean, if you have a picture up that's available where it's a picture of a train, and it's a full turnaround picture where you could see just the amount of detail and paintwork that you did. Like you just said the line work, even on the back of the figure, you can tell that this guy loves what he what he what he's doing because. I think that, uh, like what you said, a lot of times these are seen in package and they're not all the way up close. And I guess it, it could be easy to get sloppy and think, oh, well, you know, no one's ever going to see this. But you could tell that you put in some work and you, you're enjoying what you're doing. So it's nice to see that. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's also 
the one of those things where it's, I, I could cut a few corners, and that's not to say I didn't cut a few corners on some of those. Um, but at the end, it's kind of nice to have that like finished product in your hand where you can see it and be like, yep, this look, this looks good all around. I sign off on it, sort of a thing. So that, this, makes, that makes a difference. One one of the most creative uh, figures that I have to say that, and I think it just absolutely cool i i want to ask if you did your own mold for it is it the transparent figure oh no i did not for for translucent that was uh yeah translucent yeah that's all right they make they make a joke about that in the show so it's on brand that's probably why i I messed up (laughs) yeah (laughs) no it's uh that one kind of uh racked my brain for a little bit um trying to figure out how to make it without making it just a a jumpsuit with no head and no hands which i felt would be kind of a cheat um so it, it, i i looked up transparent action figures or at least figures that were made in like relatively clear molded plastic and an Iceman figure uh uh-huh. came up and i ended up frankensteining that together uh <laughs> to give them the hands and the head and it turned out pretty well i think that's actually one of the ones i like the most even though it's not the best looking it was at least just a fun challenge oh definitely creative yeah well and uh you know it's uh posting this stuff on instagram i've been tagging the actors and the roles so every once in a while someone's chimed in being saying that they love the work and alex uh Hassle just who played translucent in the show commented asking where he can get one. Uh, <laughs> that, that always makes you feel kind of cool. Oh, definitely. I, and that's uh, the best thing is knowing that we're getting a season two because that show is pretty awesome. Are you a fan of the show and were you a fan of the comic books beforehand? I was, yeah. No, I had uh, I hadn't read much of the comics, um, so it was more. I, I had read the first uh like collection of trades um but then once i got the show it was like you know get even more into it and uh we were lucky enough that uh eventually um the artist of the comic book Derek robertson he popped up for set visits and stuff it it was it was pretty cool to have someone like that recognize your work and you know want to meet you because of it that's Uh, crazy He's a big, big action figure fan as well, and that was uh, that was something that he spotted right away. So we kind of hit it off from there. That's that's even better. <laughs> These figures got to, you got to meet the guy that actually created the characters. Yeah, well, and so, so. nothing, nothing but praise for him. Any any time I've seen him or spoken to him, it's just, and I imagine for someone like that to be in a position to kind of see everything you've created in this whole other, you know, whole other medium would be pretty cool. It's a pretty basic and broad question, but what's it like working on a TV show? Um, stressful at times, <laughs> I'd say. Uh, yeah. I mean, it, it, a lot has to come down on the subject matter and whether or yeah. not uh, it engages you because uh, without naming shows or movies, uh, I've definitely worked on stuff where I do not think the end product is going to be great. Um, yeah. 
Ooh. And that that makes that makes the long hours and you know months of work much harder. Uh, so when you have something like the boys, uh, where you're you feel like you're a part of something that's going to be cool, it's pretty it's pretty great. Again, it'll be stressful, but you know, it makes it worthwhile. Mm, definitely, yeah, definitely is worthwhile, especially getting your own sort of creations shown off in front of everybody. It's just amazing. Yeah, well, they uh, as part of the um, bonus features on like Amazon Prime, I think they call it like, X Ray, and mm. it's just like their little behind the scenes or like bonus content stuff they produce. They ended up making an action figure commercial with all of my toys. Oh, uh, awesome. And oh, that, I, I saw that. I didn't even think about that. That that was something that I didn't... They had always talked about doing, but I never saw it happen. Um, and evidently, they did that in L.A. in between seasons. Um, but it was something that just kind of went up when the show went up, and I didn't realize it was ever there. And I when I finally saw it, I, it blew my mind. It's like that. I remember all those toy commercials as a kid and like, you know, smashing an action figure through <laughs> the paper roll and stuff like that. Um, yeah. Cause it is a total throwback, but a uh, 90 style kids commercial. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you know, now it just gets the added excitement of it being the stuff I helped make. So it was pretty cool. There's a lot of, a lot of good that came from getting to work on the show. Oh, we're gonna have to share that because that's hopefully there's a clip of that on YouTube. Yeah, I I don't know if it's on YouTube. I ended up finding it. Um, I think they they posted it on their official Instagram. The boys. Uh, okay, you might I have just to take it from there. <laughs> piggyback it off onto mine because I was so excited. Dang. Well, speaking of TV shows, and you kind of mentioned it, we do have a, a couple of questions that we always ask. And you mentioned Batman the Animated Series and trying to avoid going down the wormhole of figures that they have. And <laughs> this is basically a result of us going down that wormhole, this whole show. <laughs> but uh, we l- want to ask you, what are your top three favorite Batman the Animated Series episodes? Oh, top three. You yes. you know, you asked me uh, you asked me this, Tyler, and I kind of gave it some thought. Um, I struggled, though, I will say that. <laughs> Um, I realized that pretty much any episode with Mr. Freeze, I always dig. Um, and I rewatched, uh, the first episode, uh, Heart of Ice the other night, um, because of that. Uh, tell me it doesn't hold up still. Oh, it's still great. I, I realized that, um, you know, I have no real affinity to Mr. Freeze as a character. I, he's, you know, one of Batman's great rogues, but he's never been one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for whatever reason, the animated series, I feel like they just nailed him every single time. And it was the same with, you know, when he popped up in Batman Beyond, too. Like, that was one of the best yes. episodes of that show. Oh, good shout there. Yeah, that Batman Beyond episode is one of the best of the DCAU that has ever been made, I think. Oh yeah, definitely. And you know, from from there, um, I don't know. I struggle a little bit more. Some of the ones I remember the most fondly are ones that I don't know if they'd hold up now. It's been 
it's probably been about two or three years since I've gone and rewatched all of the show. Uh, mm. But, uh, like, Almost Got Him is an incredible episode. Oh, that's the whole Yeah, that's a, that's a um, It's, you know, the, it's lighthearted, but it's, it's great. And it's the same with, um, I forget the name of it, but the, uh, the episode where uh, Batman's hiding out in, in the basement of these kids penguins uh, trying uh, to get... yeah. and for for whatever reason that one sticks out in my mind that I remember very clearly uh from the nineties. And I, I I would be interested to go and rewatch that one. Uh but again it's like any anything with some of the great rogues like Raz Al Ghul has always been one of my favorites. So I love seeing him pop up in that show. Uh, yeah that's those are always fun. There, it, it's it's hard to choose. Do you are you guys able to you know put out a top three? Oh yeah, but the reason that we like to ask the guests too, and usually we don't even give them time to think, is we we like to see uh, what just pops off the top of their head. So it is interesting that you picked those ones because a lot of people uh, they would just they wouldn't, especially Batman in my basement. That one usually gets a a lot of controversy. So it is cool to hear that you yeah. enjoy that one. Yeah. Well, again. Who knows? Who knows if it's actually uh, <laughs> worth watching again? But uh, I just rewatched it. It's all right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I always put uh, my number one uh, that I always put is the and I combine them because the two parter is Feet of Clay. I absolutely yeah. love that. Uh, and then the second one I always give, and it's because it's not one that people usually pick, but I tend to enjoy it just because of nostalgia purposes. And it's a uh, Tiger Tiger, where Selena turns into a cat. Okay, yeah, I enjoy it. Scott, uh, my favorite is make him laugh because joke is just a funny joke in the entire episode. Um, and then uh, second one, any of the Riddler episodes. Um, probably what is reality I, I'd go for is number two, I think. I think that's a, a, an absolutely sensational episode. The number three, maybe something like Christmas with the Joker or something like Never Fear. The Chance to Dream. Or Yeah, Persians to Dream as well, or Over the Edge, anything like that. It's just, But those two definitely are the top two where you could literally put any of the however many episodes there are <laughs> In the in that apart from the terrible trio that's out, yeah. Or well, Farmer Brown, he's not allowed in. Oh, that guy. Yeah, exactly. No, but <laughs> those those are great picks because those are the ones we usually don't hear. We usually yeah, hear basement one. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. The, it's Batman. Batman was always one of those characters I gravitated so much towards because of his strong villains like you can roll the dice on anything and the character that he's fighting off against is usually pretty amazing um and villains are always more interesting i'd say for the most part mm. we've got a, a couple extra layers so with batman the animated series you can pretty much just throw a dart <laughs> so true. and on a good episode they managed to tell you everything about Batman through telling you about a villain, which is just ridiculous. It's fantastic the way they do it. Yeah, well, the sheer the sheer genius that went into that show it still perplexes me how mm. how such a great 
TV show kind of came about. Like it, you talk to anyone about great cartoon shows from the '90s, and if that's not top three, then they're not thinking clearly. <laughs> yeah, don't talk to those people. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but speaking of uh, villains, and, well, Scott, do you want to ask your question that you usually ask? Yes, I have a feeling I know what you're going to ask, by the way. Cause okay. I was going to ask about it, too. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, but yes, um, are you a big fan of the Batman Arkham games? Oh, yeah, definitely. No, I mean, less less so Origins, uh, but uh, but that whole series is incredible. Yeah. Oh, it really is, isn't it? What's your favourite out of the out of the four or three? Um, probably Arkham City. That seemed like yeah. that that took everything that was so great about Arkham Asylum and just made it a little bit bigger. Arkham Knight kind yeah. of was able to riff on that and have its own storyline, but it just Arkham City was so good. Yeah, the the story as well as the gameplay was just magnificent. Yeah, no, it, like it was beautiful, and the fact that you know you bring back Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill, it's, that alone is worth the price of the game. Yeah, it is exactly. It, it was worth half the budget of Asylum just to get them two on board and yeah, <laughs> getting them back in. What do you think of the the new sort of announcement that wasn't an announcement about a new game coming out? I mean. I'm I'm typically one of those people that will reserve judgment on, you know, games or movies until I get yeah. to experience it myself. Um, I'm excited for, you know, any Batman game. It's, it's cool when you get to kind of build on that world and yeah. be part of it. Um, but it's definitely... Uh, until I have something in my hands, I can't say whether or not I think it's going to be great. <laughs> I think I've been rather... too many times. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's true, actually. Especially DC. They have a habit of doing that to us. We have to be the most loyal fans in the world to support DC. Yeah, but, um, it's a bit of a rough ride at times. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Especially movie-wise. And would you rather it be sort of set after Origins, or would you rather it go straight back into Monday and set after Arkham Knight? I'd, I think just based on how I, you know, took the those that game series, I had more fun when it was kind of set in a modern timeline. Uh, it, mm. it was it was cool getting Deathstroke and Arkham Origins and stuff like that, and kind of going yeah. back. Batman, Batman's good in that way where you can kind of just let things unfold and you don't necessarily need to shoehorn it into a timeline. It can be its own standalone thing. Yeah. Um, so I'd say I'd say probably after Arkham Knight would work just fine for me. You know, why why try and ignore the other great games that came? Yeah, that's a fair point as well. And I think it even though you don't know what's going to happen in the game, it's a fairly predictable outcome that everything's going to be all fine and okay because you know what comes after it if you're going to go and do a prequel. Yeah, well, I mean, that's always it, right? You kind of, unless you're setting things years and years before or anything, if it's, you know, set six months before an event that you already know about, <laughs> then you kind of lose some of your stakes. Yeah, you know, you, you kind of have a feeling of what's going to happen and usually 
nine times out of ten it's right of what, yeah. of what, of what will, will happen. I used to hate it when I was a kid when I would go, go and see a movie or play in a game that was set before the events of a previous one, which was always deeply annoying. I think that's why the Dark Knight trilogy is so good. Oh, yeah, no, without a doubt. I mean, that's why I... I as much as people don't like reboots of things, I, I get why it needs to be done. And it kind of... Absolutely. Contain your own story and you don't have to work off, I mean, exactly what came before, but you can still have elements of it. Yeah, really delighted that they're rebooting Batman with Robert Pattinson as well and not doing like a year one story, which sounded garbage to me. Yeah, I I don't know. I, I liked Ben Affleck um, as Batman. Yeah. I like Ben Affleck. I'm a shameless Ben Affleck supporter. You know, it goes back to like, <laughs> days of kevin smith movies and chasing amy yeah chasing amy's <laughs> my favorite of his uh, but like but ben affleck i always have just had a you know uh an affinity for but um i didn't love his batman i i assumed he'd um do great as bruce wayne and i didn't think that really was the case either but I think that maybe I just wasn't quite as happy with Zack Snyder's uh, version of him. Um, I know I know lots of people love it. It just wasn't quite for me. Um, so the fact that Robert Pattinson's gonna come into it, I'm totally fine with. I, I want to see what happens. Matt Reeves is great in the you know his Planet of the Apes trilogy was mm. pretty incredible. Uh, so I have faith in him. And it's one of those things, again, I, I just have to reserve judgment until I actually get to see it myself. That's, uh, that's well put. Yeah, well, I'm ready for I'm ready for a new take on it, something different. You know, every few years, it never hurts. Now, you, you mentioned how villains are always more fun. And if you've watched the first season of The Boys, you know that villains are coming in season two. And I'm sure you're looking forward to... to uh, being around that and seeing what they have in store. Uh, but there's also a, another movie that's coming out. It's just about a villain. And we're all, I'm pretty sure a lot of us are looking forward to it. But uh, there's also a lot of uh, early controversy surrounding it. And it's, it's due to the uh, violence surrounding it and people thinking it's going to rile people up. But then you have shows like The Boys that are crazy violent and just... Uh, showing like what comics can be and what kind of comics there are out there, and no, I haven't even heard of any word about people being outraged about the boys or anything like that. So, what is your take on that sort of thing? Well, I I was, I mean, I was involved in the first season of the boys. I read all the scripts and all that stuff, so I knew what was coming in that show. Um. And I wasn't quite sure how people would react to it because it is vastly different um, as a take on superheroes. Like you're you're really showing some dark stuff. Yeah. And uh, you know the comics didn't shy away from that either, so you have to do it justice by doing that. But evidently, you know, people were just ready for that sort of thing. You know, it's I think because of everything Marvel's done, everything DC's done, people are just starting to get a little superhero fatigue. <laughs> so, you know, anything you can do to kind of shake that up clearly 
can be a good thing. Oh, definitely. Because I remember seeing the commercials for it and stuff. And I was like, really? Another like off-brand superhero thing or a spinoff? And then I watched it and I was like, okay, this is brilliant. Yeah, well, and, you know, there's uh, it wouldn't have been as good if you didn't cast the right people in those roles. Oh, I yeah. think people, people really, you know, seem to get drawn to the people that were portraying them. So that's always helpful. Like Anthony uh, Starr. Or who plays Homelander? Anthony Starr. Yeah, just uh, that he took that character in a, like into the stratosphere with how good he was as that. Oh yeah, he was like getting to play Superman, but Joker style. I feel like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I mean, like if you don't, you know, if you don't have someone who can manage that show, any show really wouldn't be as good. If you're going to take risks, you have to have people that can support that risk. Definitely. Wow. So are you looking forward to the Joker movie? I am. I've got my tickets. Um, yes. Uh, I think it'll be interesting. I don't know. The fact that it's Todd Phillips, too, is intriguing me. And, you know, every everything they've kind of said as like a Scorsese-esque, um, you know, 80s mob movie sort of a deal. I I like anything in the trailers looks great. Um so I'm intrigued to see what they do with the characters from there. And anything's better than Jared Hope's <laughs> uh Joker. Really. We're so glad you think so. Oh, that was a that was a tough movie to get through. <laughs> Talk about disappointments. I've never been more hyped before a movie, but never more disappointed afterwards. Other than uh probably Return of the Jedi. See, I love Jedi. Um, uh, that it's my favorite of the series. I know it's not the best, but it is by far my favorite. Hey, it could be. It could all be saved by this next one too for me. So it could all be set up. I just don't know. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm I'm intrigued to see what uh, Rise of Skywalker can do to fix my uh, the sore spot the Last Jedi left me. Um, <laughs> but no, I mean, if uh, like. Going into Suicide Squad was exciting because that was another movie filmed here in Toronto. Um, And, you know, the Batmobile is driving up Young Street, the main street, going through downtown Toronto. Oh, sick. So there was, like, there was lots of cool stuff going into that and a lot of cool stuff that got done. It was just a shame that it all fell a little flat. (laughs) That's a very kind way of putting it. Well, you know, I don't want to. And anyone. <laughs> yeah, I I true. like Jared Leto too. I I do. I've I've enjoyed what he's done. It's just that was. Oh, Dallas Buyers Club was great. Yeah, it was. It was just an odd misstep that I didn't I didn't see coming. Similar to the Last Jedi, I I you know had all the hopes for that and then had them promptly dashed. So uh, <laughs> we'll see what comes of the next one for that. Yeah, I still reckon if they actually sort of portrayed the Joker a little better, Jared Leto could have done a great job. I don't think there's any doubt about his credentials. It's just a shame that they went in that direction. And that's kind of how I feel about Ben Affleck's Batman, too. That that was, hmm. uh, there was just something story and character-wise that didn't quite groove with it. Yeah. Uh, you know, Ben Affleck got pretty muscly for that and you know he clearly 
put a lot into the role, but it, as as much as it wanted to be, you know, Frank Miller's Dark Knight Returns, it just <laughs> wasn't. It tried, but it wasn't. It wasn't that cool. <laughs> and Warner Brothers have to share a lot of responsibility for that, especially with Justice League. Yeah, well, and so I mean, I was. That's why the Joker movie intrigues me as much as it does. It was I was I was super cynical of it. Um, you know, Warner Brothers doesn't quite seem to know what path they want to take it on. They want they want to imitate Marvel um, in having that joint universe, but it, most of the attempts at doing that have been pretty poor. Um, so that when they announced that they were going to do a Joker origin story that had nothing to do with anything else um i was i was definitely a little cynical about it but you know it looks pretty cool so that's why that's why you can't judge it i suppose until you see it yeah i can still remember when that movie was announced and i was kind of like well don't really care for that you know joker should never have an origin that's the whole reason that he's so cool and mysterious and, and creepy but yeah, yeah who knows which is a which is a whole other thing too. I'm intrigued to see what they do with his origin story if that kind of becomes the uh, mainstream adopted version of his actual backstory. And I'm sure you know regular everyday people won't know any better. Which pains um, me. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be one of those things where I'm sure uh, Batman nerds everywhere are gonna be constantly telling their friends and coworkers. <laughs> About how well, you know, that's not really what he was like in the comics. They never really delved into this stuff. Um, but you know, if it, if it if it's a good movie and people are excited about it and are happy with it, then I'm up for it. Why not? It's the same with comics, right? People are constantly doing their own take. So, well, that's the thing too. We've talked about before. Batman '89. That that's not comic accurate. Joker never killed Batman's parents, but back then everyone loved that movie. There weren't people complaining about it. Oh no, and I mean I I still stand by that movie. I'm not I'm not the biggest Tim Burton fan. Um and I know this'll be controversial, I know, but I did not care for Batman Returns all that much. Um, which is contrary to pretty much everyone's opinion on the matter. Um, but I, that, that first Batman for me is just like cemented in my head as great Batman storytelling, like Goth yeah, the way they portrayed Gotham was incredible. So uh, true. And, you know, even, even though I didn't quite feel like Batman Returns lived up to the caliber of, uh, the first one, I can see why people love it as much as they did. Yeah, I, do you know what? I'm kind of with you on that. I prefer 89 to Returns. I don't think Returns quite captured that same dark, misty, um, real sort of, I don't know, sort of like a, a, an old-style city, Gotham, that, that you know they, they, they achieved in 89. 89 was a really sort of... I, I, it's hard to describe, isn't it? But it didn't quite have that same atmosphere, even though I enjoyed the film and I still loved it. Yeah, and I'm, I, I, you know... I guarantee you part of where that feeling kind of comes from is the fact that the movie set over Christmas sort of a thing. Like it's mm. a lot of it's over the holidays, the snow and yeah. the Christmas tree lights and all that stuff. It's 
doesn't traditionally feel like Batman. Um, That's true. Even though, you know, some, like in Batman the Animated Series, some some of the Christmas stuff is, you know, some of the great moments in that show, too. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. It's it, it's definitely one of those things that they're... That first movie just got so much right that how do you how do you do that again? Well, it's probably people freaked out too. But I remember the oozing penguin mouth that always freaked me out as a kid. I'm sure that turned people off. Oh yeah, I, I definitely remember <laughs> that as a kid being like, "Oh my god, what is this?" <laughs> and the little scene where he gets thrown into the water by the penguins is a little long and dramatic. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Although yeah. I will say that missile firing penguins, I have ever since then still been pretty high on my list of cool things I'd love to have in my life. <laughs> really? Okay. Well, it's just, you know, how often do you see something like that? <laughs> <laughs> that's why I say that because I still, I have a few from like Batman Returns from back in the day. That's a, that's interesting. Oh, that, that I remember those Kenner figures so well, yeah. the, the little <laughs> penguins that you could get. Oh yeah. Those were great. So, uh, we don't want to take too much more of your time because we know you are a busy guy, but we want to give you the chance if there's any other projects that you want to shout out or anything else that you want to talk that you can talk about that's upcoming or anything that you just a personal project you want to share. I mean, uh, you know, film wise right now, can't really say anything. Um, boy season two we're making right now. And, uh, I think it's going to be awesome. Hopefully everyone else feels the same. Um, I'm making, I have a long list of custom action figures that I've been trying to get to and struggling to find time. Uh, but one of them for my own personal collection will be, uh, Billy Butcher. Oh, yes. From, uh, from the boys. That's the, it was one of those things that, uh, they released a new scourge figure, uh, from the two pack. uh, line yeah with hella and it's got a great carl likeness um so i'm uh this one i've been trying my hand at uh molding and casting uh so that's been that's been fun new experience doing that because uh, i didn't do that with anything on the first season and yeah this is just my personal collection i think it'd be something cool to have on my wall but um I'm definitely, uh, I'm pretty stoked to show it off when it's done. Oh, man, I hope you show that off because that sounds awesome. Especially the casting, that stuff could be tough with the bubbles and all that, but I'm sure you probably kick butt at it. Uh, no, it's been a learning curve, but uh, hopefully I'm starting to get a little bit better. Uh, I, I'm just very grateful for epoxy that I can fill all the <laughs> bubbles with and stuff like that. So, yeah, it'll Damn. be, uh, but yeah, whole whole bunch of other stuff coming down I've, i'm trying to make a biker mice from mars that uh a street oh, wow. just basically get my 90s nostalgia out <laughs> yeah i know that i'll be loving all these customs then uh, scott do you have any uh last words any last thing you'd like to say to yeah well um, thank you thank you so much for your time thanks for coming on really enjoyed um how honestly you spoke about everything and yeah Fantastic customs, and I love the shriek figure that you made as well. By the way, it's a little side note. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. One I was pretty stoked about too. <laughs> that yeah, yeah. still somewhere on that list of figures I need to make. 
Oars, I'd like to see that. Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah, again, we'd like. Uh, thank you guys for having me here. That was a lot of fun. Thank you. Oh, no problem. Time. Hopefully, we get to have you back on again sometime. Yes. Well, you know, you you know where to find me. So uh, feel free to touch base, and I'd be happy to. Nice. Awesome. Now, again, if you guys are not following James, you guys need to get on it. And you can find him at the dark midnight underscore creation. And he also has a link to his personal account where you could follow his own journey on that. And uh, yeah, we look forward to not only the stuff he has in the future, but uh, the new stuff that he's working on for his personal collection, the stuff that is going to be coming up for the boys. And uh, he's already hinted at that. It's going to be a lot of fun. The second season, the first one was brilliant. So if you haven't seen that, definitely get on it. It's satire at its finest and you'll enjoy it. Uh, again, we like to, we know he's a busy man, so we're honored that he took the time out of his day to just geek out with us and talk action figures. So again, this is DC Figures and Collectibles, where we do what you do too, and we look at custom action figures on the TV and try to fa- uh, trace their sources till we find the guy, and then we get him on a podcast. So thank you for joining us. We appreciate all the messages, all the comments we get, uh, all the ratings we get, the reviews on the iTunes. Thank you for your feedback. It's nice to hear that people are listening and enjoying the show. And it's also nice to know that people hate certain things and there's things that we could uh, get better at. So thank you for all your feedback. Again, thank you to James for joining us and we'll talk to you soon.